You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! Hi, I'm Buck Ferguson. Tonight's episode isn't just about killing white-tailed deer. It's also about family. Hey, Buck. I'll go get him. Make yourself a home. Make myself at home. How you doing, son? Ready to go kill your first white-tailed deer? All right, Don, you ready to work now? We're ready. We're rolling. You know, Don, this will be the greatest video we've ever made. Now, son, when you see your first white-tailed deer, it's going to look all cute and fluffy. We can honor the deer, but we can't love it. This is boring. You know what I could go for? Turkey panini. Paninis are good. I focus on the deer. What deer? Why are you recording this, Don? This is part of the narrative. I just figured it might make a, a good midpoint crisis or raise the stakes of the story. Shut the camera off, Don. I'm trying to have a moment with my son, okay? Mom and Greg said that I could call him dad. You called Greg dad? Yeah, but only like five times. First time I met my girlfriend, she's like, I'm a certified mechanic and a registered nurse. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, guess what? I got a busted truck and a heart condition. You and me have done things the world is going to remember. Woo! Long way down, Buck. Right, <laughs> I think you should probably cover most of this stuff from the other side of the bridge there. You want me to cross the bridge first yeah. so I get coverage of you testing out the bridge before anybody crosses it because it's unsafe. Exactly. Don't worry, I got it. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Brand new podcast from Parts Unknown, A Strange Journey Through the Depths of Netflix. It is Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais back talking another Netflix original film. Uh, this one, another 2018 picture. We are talking about the uh, comedy, the Jody Hill-directed comedy, Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter, starring Josh Brolin, uh, Danny McBride, and Montana Jordan. Which is a hell of a name. That's such a good name. Uh, <laughs> like, as soon as whenever we were talking about before, and you said, "Oh, Montana Jordan," I'm like, I think I'm going to name my kid that. <laughs> Montana's just such a good name. It's a it's a big rugged state for a big sky country for a small rugged movie that we watched. Yeah, uh, I mean it's comedy, but it's not a. I don't know. It's, I guess they're they are classifying it as a comedy, but it didn't feel like a straight up comedy to me. I don't know. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like uh, there were a lot of things watching it that were incredibly relatable hmm. <laughs> of my own hunting trips with my dad. Now, granted, we didn't have some uh, third party person who was showing me pictures of his uh girlfriend yeah but there was there was like it was like they tried to push it too far sometimes mm-hmm. and that was the stuff that i didn't laugh at yeah i 
Uh, we, I guess we should probably talk about what the movie is real quick. It's actually relatively short. It's not even an hour and a half. It's about an hour and 23 minutes with credits. Yeah. It's, I mean, this thing barely makes it past short film territory. It's not a long movie. Uh, it stars Josh Brolin as Buck Ferguson, who is that guy who's on your cable access TV channel who hunts uh, animals. and stuff. He's not like the guy who makes it to, uh, well, I don't know. I guess there's probably some channels out there that show that stuff. I'm sure there's like a hunting channel or something I just am unaware of entirely. But I I say cable access because he makes this show. And this film appears to take place in in or close to the present day, but his show totally looks like it was made in the 90s and continues to, to have that um, effect. And he is uh, seconded by Don, who's played by Danny McBride, who is his friend and, uh, I guess, cinematographer, I suppose. He films all of these uh, these hunting adventures, and this particular movie is about Buck taking his son Jaden, played by Montana Jordan, out to get his first white-tailed deer, and then hilarity ensues a little bit, and there's a. I don't really. I I I watch this thinking that this might be one of those things uh, like... So you said this was relatable to you on a lot of levels. Uh, This was not relatable to me at all. Like, I have no experiences like this. There are people in my family who do hunt, but they're mostly, like, uncles and stuff. My parents never did that, and I don't really know anybody who does. So this wasn't a relatable scenario for me, but, uh, that doesn't preclude me from, you know, being able to relate in some other way, like on a father son level or something like that. But I had a hard time trying to figure out exactly what the father son relationship was here. Like I thought this was going to be an, out of touch dad whose son has no interest in doing any of this stuff but they find some common ground and bond and they both walk away happy and they've grown from the experience or something along those lines but that didn't seem to be the case here I don't know his son seemed like kind of a dick and uh, he's kind of a dick and at the end of the day something happened I don't know I, I I wasn't feeling by the end of the movie I wasn't feeling like anything had really uh changed I don't know did you get that from from this like I I don't know I I thought like there should be like a lesson learned or uh, a a real growth of character but I don't know if there was really any of that yeah I don't think there really was for either of them his son was all I could think of as a parent was this kid's an asshole and I would have, I would have taken him home. Like, I I don't know. I just got the feeling like his dad was obsessed with 
creating that bond that he had with his father. He talked about the time that he went on his first or got his first kill on a hunt with his dad. He couldn't wait to do it. He wanted to be just like his dad. And you'd think that the story here would be that his son is the exact opposite of him. But he's kind of not like that. He's, In fact, he sort of feels like... He almost feels like a like a proto-like mass shooter or something. Like, he does really seem obsessed with how cool guns are, and he does want to just kill things. He's yeah, like, when he do we like, get to kill stuff? Yeah, it was like the... To me, it felt like the sun was like the version of like, this is what liberals think we do or what, you know, like you ever see those things where it's like, mm. like nurses, what people think we do, what I think I do, what I actually do. Like, that's what yeah. it felt like the sun was. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to kind of, cause I know Danny McBride wrote it with Jody and they grew up together in Carolina. And I, I mean, it has to be like Based certain things that they, how, that they grew up with. Cause I've kind of heard Danny McBride kind of talk about like, you know, he does have that accent. Everyone just assumes he's a big, dumb hick, but he's, like, furthest from it. Like, <laughs> no, he's really intelligent. Yeah, and, uh... Well, I mean, not not just that, but, like, he's not into those kinds of things. But oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but you know about it because you kind of grow up with it. And that's sure. kind of like me. Like, I'm not into that kind of stuff necessarily. But it's like, I know about it. I do shoot guns. I know things sure. about guns. But it's not, like my end-all be-all part of my personality is just yeah when you grow up in the south it's just kind of something you do mm-hmm. uh and that's where it just kind of felt like that's where the kid might be but again like like with the stepdad it's it's like he's trying to be the not so much like the cool stepdad but he's trying to be like bridging a gap with him and buck and so it's like, well, Buck's in the honey. Let me, let me get him this gum with all the bells and whistles because, you know, that's what he does, and he'll appreciate me getting this for him. You got him a gun with a laser sight. Yeah, it's yeah, but it's like, again, yeah, it's yeah. like what people think all these rednecks buy, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. Like, most of it is, like, your traditional rifle and that kind of stuff, and, you know, be respectful of the gun. I mean, that was just like, that's just the things that are always ingrained into your head. Mm. I've never met anyone that's been, I mean, you'll every once in a while, you'll see someone who buys it because they think it's cool. But most time you just use it as a, like for hunting targets and that kind of stuff, shooting clay pigeons, which most time you would use a shotgun anyway. So there's no reason to really buy a weapon like that. But laser sight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just every once in a while, maybe you do it, it's cool. The thing is, too, like, you would use a laser for, like, hunting at night, which is, for the most part, illegal, depending upon, you know, unless you're shooting vermin, like, coyotes and stuff. But, um, and so, yeah, like, those kinds of things you wouldn't ever really use anyways. So it it did feel like it was more of, like, a, a wink and a nod to the audience of, you know, trying to subvert your expectations. And... To me, where I kind of went back and forth a lot was with the characters themselves. Like, they kind of say a lot of appalling things, like, especially Buck does. But it's trying to, like, separate myself of, like, judging it. Because it's like, I, I know there's people like that. You know, it's where you say, like, oh, he's, like, you know, if you have that crazy racist uncle or whatever. He's like, yeah, but, I mean, he's a good guy. He's just, you know, he's kind of racist. But, you know, you give him a pass because he's family. Yeah. And that's where it kind of felt like I was trying to do with some of the characters 
of especially Buck, who's just like, oh, I mean, like he, you know, he's a good dad in that scenario, but yeah, I mean, he's got his problems. No one's perfect. Whereas <laughs> you're trying to make excuses for them, and that's where I kind of felt like I was doing a lot with the movie because yeah. the only one who was somewhat enjoy it was, but it just felt like too much was Danny McBride. Like it, it was just too much hmm. for such a short got- span of time, anyway. Yeah, because it's just like you're just getting unloaded with all that stuff. Like, um, I mean, I like the whole you know thing about his girlfriend and how you know they're just and the, they have different sexual preferences. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, you the kind of think of it as the Buck way of like, no, respect a woman, blah blah blah, do this. But yet he's divorced because he didn't respect his wife, kind of thing. You know, and it's yeah. you know trying to draw. Um draw those out from one another of their conflicting ideology. Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a mixed bag. Like there were things I really liked in it. And then it was just things that like, if they fell flat, they fell completely flat. Like I thought the whole, I I think they overdid it with the phone calls to his girlfriend. Like that was just like one or two times would have been fine. But like, since that was like the constant theme and then there wasn't really a payoff. The whole the whole thing was that yes, he got held back. I mean, I actually found that annoyingly relatable. Oh having, yeah, have, yeah, having a having teenage a having a teenage <laughs> daughter who literally lives on her phone. She it's it goes everywhere with her, and she is constantly looking at it and constantly talking with or to somebody. Uh, that felt, you know, relatable, but in an annoying sense because I find it kind of annoying. Uh, but... Well, I just mean it's like the narrative because there wasn't really like yes, it... like the payoff wasn't that she couldn't keep in contact with him. The payoff was that he got held back. So the fact that, I mean, I guess that like you could say it's a red herring, mm-hmm. but in a movie that's not even an hour and a half, like, it's just weird that you would spend that much time on it just to be like, oh nope, that's not what it is. Yeah, I'm actually not even exactly sure what happened in the... Cause, like, the premise of this movie says that Buck and Don set out on a weekend adventure to reconnect with Buck's son. I guess they kind of do? By the end of the movie, I guess they sort of reconnect. I guess. Yeah, I think it's kind of like you're always going to be my dad and I love you, but we're obviously not the same person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what the whole final thing was. Mm -hmm. You know, he could not take the shot of the deer, but obviously he's going to shoot him. I mean... Well, I mean, he did shoot him, I think, at the at the end anyway. Yeah, because he so. drops it, and then they're like, oh, maybe leave it ambiguous. But he immediately pulls it up. I mean, he's going to pull that trigger. I'm sorry. Like, and there's some, you- Yeah, and there's some gen- genuinely funny moments in the movie, too. I mean, Danny McBride has them, but as you noted, he, you know, sometimes it's a lot of it. I thought the whole beginning part in the car where they're explaining how they want the narrative to be done. Oh, uh, that was good stuff. Was, like, anything they were talking about, like, story structure. Yeah, story was structure like, and filmmaking. was, like, the best part. Because, again, that's not what you're expecting from these guys. So. Yeah. Or they have to cross the rope bridge, and it's obvious <laughs> that Buck is terrified to cross the bridge. And he's like, Don, you, you gotta go do it. Because, you know, you need, you, you gotta get that you know, shot of my a, face. You don't That's get a shot of my face. You can't see me emoting. You can't see me emoting. Uh, <laughs> you got to get that look on my face as I'm crossing the bridge. 
Across the bridge that's never been crossed, so I got to get that from the other side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I mean that was great. I mean, there's a in in the beginning they're showing like footage from his show. Dude, the show footage stuff was like my favorite parts. Well, yeah, because I've seen shows like that and it's just like it. Like, you know what they, it reminded me of? Hmm. Because of the, the way they had to do the blood when things got shot. Yeah. Was like, you ever play those like big game hunter arcade games? Yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it had to be somewhat intentional because it looked pretty bad. Yeah, there's one moment where I just laughed hysterically and it's like, you know, a shot of him with like a, a deer that he's downed. And like the camera pans over, and there's just like a wild turkey walking into frame, and he, it's he's like a f- two feet away from him, and he's like he's like oh shit, and he stands up and just blows it away, and he's like I got a turkey. <laughs> I thought that was goddamn hilarious, and it was, uh, you know the like his like Josh Brolin and Danny McBride I thought were really good together, like when they were interacting with one another. Yeah. Usually they were tremendous. Uh, the performances are are pretty good. I guess this isn't like I I was like I knew what I was getting myself into when I was watching this, and I thought maybe this was going to be like, um, uh, God, what's that? Uh, what's that biker show? Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. I thought it was going to be like a Sons of Anarchy moment for me because I'm not into motorcycles or cars or gangs or guns or any of that stuff really I didn't think that show would really appeal to me but of course Sons of Anarchy isn't really about those things no it's Hamlet (laughs) it's it's essentially Hamlet with a motorcycle gang and that you know that drew me in and I ended up really liking that show despite not having seen the final season for some reason yet still haven't seen it Uh, perhaps someday I will uh (laughs) I've just gotten busy, Glenn. But I thought it would be, you know, I thought this show or this film would be something akin to that, where I can't really relate to the subject matter, but maybe it's really about more than that. But ultimately it boiled down to, like, they did reconnect, but then that was kind of it. He's just like, you know, you're my dad and I love you. And that's, you know, that's it. But there wasn't much else to it. I mean, and that's fine. That's yeah, not a bad it, it message. Just, it felt like it was it was flat to me. I think. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't earned to be able to just kind of drop everything like that and just be like, "Oh, this is what it is." Yeah, I mean, and then things got just you know ridiculous. You know, like the kid using the zip, trying to zip line, and then on the rope bridge and almost dying, and then they have to. You know, they do the thing where Don and Buck get into a fight, and Don's like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And then, you know, you think he's gone, and then he miraculously shows up because he decides to follow them but not tell them about it. And then he ends up getting shot by Jaden, and then they have to do this whitewater rafting on a giant air mattress, back to safety type thing. And I think they tried to do this bit where, you know, Buck's dad's grandfather's rifle or whatever fell into the water, and the kid's like, ah, the rifle! And he jumped in after it. 
Like, I don't know, like, all of that stuff, it just felt like the movie was, I, I don't know, falling apart for me. It, it wasn't... Yeah, it felt apart. really rushed towards the end. Yeah. I mean, because the rifle thing, I think, would have been fine by itself. Yeah. You know... Any, and um, any kid who keeps putting himself in this much danger in one movie, like, he crashes, he steals a four-wheeler and crashes it and almost dies. And then he almost dies on the zip line, and then he almost dies on the on the rafting thing. Like this kid should have died. <laughs> I don't know. That to me was trip. pretty relatable as someone who's done dumb stuff on a hunting trip. Managed to survive it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything my fault. But when we were in Alaska and we went on a moose trip, which which is what this kind of reminded me of because it was the last time my dad like took me like actual hunting like over a weekend because it was just it was so miserable i think my dad just kind of realized like yeah okay he's just not gonna be in the honey because this was like the worst trip ever yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like we went down the river in our canoe and there was like beaver dams like every 45 feet and since i was so little like we had to always unload the whole canoe to get it over the dam and like you know what should have just took it taken us an afternoon took like two whole days mm. All our stuff got wet, so we didn't have any matches. And then it went below freezing outside that night. And bears got into our stuff. And whenever we woke up, my dad ate a frozen Pop-Tart, and I had a frozen Lunchable pizza. Mm -hmm. And then he lost his wedding ring. And when he lost his wedding ring, I was by the canoe, and then these these wolves were on the other side of the river and started walking down towards me. And thankfully my dad came around the corner and scared him away. Like it was just like a complete nightmare. So <laughs> like, that think, sounds like no fun. Yeah, it was, it was, we were both miserable. And that is again, like that's the last time my dad ever took me on a trip. Not right. because like I was whining and stuff, but it was just, <laughs> it was just the worst. I like, was, but, it, but again, it's one of those moments that we share. So like to me, you know, going outside of what the narrative is in a movie, like, they're always going to talk about the time that Jaden shot Don in the leg. Yeah. And maybe that's just their bond, is how awful this trip was. It could be, yeah. I, I guess, like, I was looking at it from a different perspective as a parent. I thought this was going to be something similar, um, you know, in, in some ways similar to when you've got a, when you've got a kid, they want to at least in the early years before they start developing a personality and likes and dislikes, they essentially just want to be what you are. And, you know, like there was a time where my oldest loved baseball because I love baseball. Uh, you know, she wanted jerseys and she wanted hats and she couldn't wait to, you know, get to go to games and things like that. And as a parent, that can become a little intoxicating to, you know, to share this thing, but it's, you know, you don't realize it straight off the bat, uh, especially if you're like a first time parent or you're not thinking about it. Uh, you're just in love with the idea that they love something that you do. And eventually, you know, that dropped away. She got older she couldn't care less about baseball. You know, do you we think going... so? It has to do with the fact that the Tigers aren't good. It, no, because this happened. This happened. This started happening when they were still good. Uh, it does. It would not help. It would not help now. But um, you know, weirdly enough, I find that some of those things tend to rebound uh, a little bit as well. Because I certainly went through a I don't give a shit about baseball phase in my life, and then kind of came back around to it. So. 
but I thought this would be one of those things like Jaden when he was little he couldn't wait to be a hunter like his dad and go out and get his first kill and stuff and then you know Buck's like alright it's time to go we're gonna go do it and then he realizes that his kid isn't that kid anymore and he's desperate to try to bring that out of him or try to reclaim it or try to you know well his son's more of a Marriott man so he does say he's more of a Marriott man which is a good line by the way I thought that was a cute line but it's it's kind of not like that. He does seem interested in the whole killing part of Yeah, hunting. he likes the spectacle of what hunting is, but again like he doesn't like the nitty gritty of, of, yeah. of it. He doesn't like the uh the waiting. The whole, the whole experience, yeah, the uh the bonding nature of it or being out in out in the wild and relying on instincts and uh et cetera, et cetera. Like that's you know, that's not for him. So yeah, it wasn't like that. The movie wasn't like, you know, he hates hunting now and is being drug along by his dad. And that's what I sort of felt like the trailer was suggesting, but it's kind of not. It's a little weird. Uh, they're clearly not on the same page, but it's not they aren't that far apart it doesn't feel like. Um it's a little weird. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh do you have any other thoughts? No, not really. I mean, it was, uh, like I said, it, it was fine. I mean, there are things I really liked about it, but, uh, I mean, just like I said, some of those things just went completely flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's break out the glasses. Glenn, what would you give Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter? Uh, I'll say three and a quarter. I would say three, but I'll give a quarter bump just because, um... There was a, the the surprises I liked. I really enjoyed again, like the whole them explaining how to film something and getting the right shot was just magnificent. And that was great stuff. So I'll I'll give it the bump from saying completely middle of the road to like I kind of liked it. Yeah, uh, I went a little lower. I think I, I'm like maybe almost a a point lower. I went uh, two and three quarters. It, like I said, it fell a little flatter for me. I mean, I like those moments that we talked about. And sometimes the the movie actually looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe feature films just isn't Jody Hill's thing. Because uh, he did, uh, what did he do? Observe and Report, which met with mixed reviews as well. I think that's the only other movie he's... Done. Actually, it says here he's done this other movie called the Foot, the Foot Fist Way. Oh, that's the that's the Danny McBride. That's like how he got discovered. Is it from oh. Will Ferrell and Adam McKay? Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, maybe that one is well received. Yeah, it was like a it was one of those like indie festival circuit things. And actually, I was gonna say actually, it looks like it also has mixed reviews as well. But it was like uh, like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were at Sundance, and they saw it and were like, "Holy crap, this is hilarious!" And that's kind of how. Uh, but I mean, he also created Eastbound and Down, which is a great show. Yeah, that's just pretty good. I haven't seen Vice Principals. I don't know if that's any good. I've heard it's hilarious because um, it's like it's Danny McBride and Walton Goggins. Oh, Goggins! Yeah, the Goggins. The Goggins. Uh, we got yeah. Goggins here. <laughs> no one cares. See, no one cares. Uh, yeah, I'm a. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm... This, it's a, a... Like a tick better than average for me. It was okay. I would say if the subject material sounds uh, interesting to you or relatable to you, I would I would give it a shot. But it's not quite as pure comedy as it's sold as. And, uh, you know, if hunting or the hunting lifestyle isn't really your thing, I don't know how much more you're going to walk away f- with from it. Because uh, I didn't feel like I walked away with a whole lot more than just the scenario that they set up um, in the movie. So, just a shame. The poster is really nice. Unfortunately, it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. But it's a lovely poster they've got. Uh, all right. So, before we head off, and before we let you know what we're going to watch next... I'd like to thank the sponsors for this week's episode, Adam Tickets. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, and you can also uh, find this show, cinemageekly.com. Uh, you can find the archives there. Uh, in the feed, we are in the main Cinema Geekly feed, but on the website... Uh, there is a uh, from parts unknown section, so you can filter it out just by uh, this particular show that we do. But uh, if you want to subscribe, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. And that way you can listen to us talk about the next film. This one's my pick. 2018 sci-fi thriller film. Uh, directed by Ben Young, starring Michael Pena, Lizzie Kaplan, and Mike Coulter, called Extinction, on another podcast from Parts Unknown.